At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Hey guys, it's Mad Mike here. Today we got three scary stories, true scary stories, that'll give you the creeps. This video will be featuring Goodnight Goosebumps. So make sure to be on the lookout for him for the second story on this video. And before we start today's episode, I want to give a big happy birthday to Deborah Williams. It's October 22nd, and it's your birthday. In 2012, I was living in Rome for the summer. I was working as an undergraduate visiting researcher at the university. Every day... I would walk to and from work, which took about 35 to 40 minutes. One evening, I decided to take an alternate route that would shave off some time from my walk. Normally, I would have went through the main termini where all the people and shops are. This new route, however, had me cross the tracks farther down from the actual station. As I got closer to the tracks, I noticed the area began to look really rough and there were a lot of homeless people hanging around. I power walked through it and just avoided eye contact with everyone and eventually reached a small traffic tunnel. About halfway through, I felt someone come up behind me. He smelled terrible and was almost certainly foreign as his Italian had a very, very thick accent. My Italian wasn't very good at that point, and I couldn't really understand what he was saying, so I just told him I wasn't really good at the language. The guy still wouldn't stop talking to me, even though he knew I couldn't understand what he was saying. I just assumed he really wanted money or something, but would go away on his own when he figured out I wasn't going to give him any. We reached the end of the tunnel, and I was doing my best to ignore him. I looked around and noticed the streets were abandoned, even though it was just after rush hour. I turned to him at some point and said, Basta! Or in other words, stop, that's enough. But he just kept following me and talking. I had begun to get nervous, but because he wasn't doing anything really threatening, I wasn't overly worried. When I reached a small stoplight, The guy's hand reached down and tugged at the bottom of my dress and sort of started to lift it. At this point, I felt threatened and swung my bag at him, which made him stagger a little. It was enough for me to take off in a bit of a sprint. However, I noticed when I looked back, the guy was still following me, just now at a small distance. I kept jogging until I finally reached a small grocery store and ran inside. The guy was right at my heels. At this point, he was directly behind my back, so close I could feel his body heat. He then started reaching for my elbow, like he was going to drag me out of the store. I shoved him off again and ran to two other girls who seemed to be around my age, asking if they spoke English. When they said yes, 
I motioned to the guy behind me and told him that the men had been following me since the train tracks. The girl's faces turned pretty serious at that point and they started speaking rapidly to the guy in Italian. They then turned back to me and asked whether I knew him and told me he was saying he was my boyfriend and that we had just been in a fight and I was lying. I told them I had never met him before and I had no idea who he was. I'd say the fact that he couldn't speak English and I couldn't speak much Italian made them certain there was little way the guy actually knew me. One of the girls then left to get the manager who promptly threw the man out and told me he was watching on the monitors to make sure he went away. After the manager realized the man wouldn't go away, he called the police. The police arrived and I told them my story. By that point, the guy seemed to have finally left. I guess he was scared off when he saw the police coming. The manager then gave me a ride back to my apartment so that the guy couldn't follow me just in case he was still lurking around. Luckily, that was the end of that and I never walked past the train tracks again. I think I got lucky to have found that store, but it still taught me a very valuable lesson about being careful about the areas you venture into in new cities. Now I asked the locals for areas to avoid instead of wandering around foreign cities on my own. Last July, my sister-in-law Jackie was going to head back to Boise, Idaho to visit for the weekend. Her husband lives in Provo and is going to law school there as he just graduated from a BYU chapter somewhere in southern Idaho. Jackie decided to drive from Provo, Utah and head up to BYU to say hello to her friends before coming back to Boise. The route she was on was the I-15, which forks off onto I-84 up to Boise. After you pass through Salt Lake City, the route becomes lost in a plain, rolling flat of miscellaneous desert dotted by farmland here and there. Jackie left Provo, Utah in the evening as she planned on making dinner for her husband before her departure. She ended up leaving around 11 p.m. and, given a late time, she decided to forego visiting her friends at the BYU chapter and headed along I-84 to come straight to Boise. She was in between Tremington, Utah and Burley, Idaho, in the literal middle of fucking nowhere when she drove up to what looked like a body lying in the road. The location is so desolate that there are no radio channels, cell service, or lights to be seen for hours. This 24-year-old girl was in the middle of the desert in a shitty green Dodge that already had enough problems, so it's a miracle she made it home to us without issue to begin with. She arrived at my wife's parents' house, but that was just the beginning of the story, really. Here's her account of what led up to this event. At 2 a.m., she says she saw something lying in the middle of the road in the distance. As she came closer, she could see it was a body in the road, lifeless, in the middle of nowhere. It stretched across both lanes, and she could not simply pass without running it over. Cautiously, she came to a stop about 15 yards away. She opened her door and yelled, Are you alright? But... No response could be heard. With the car lights broadcasting brightly on the body in the road, she got out of her car and slowly walked towards the person. As she got about 10 feet from the body in the road, she could see it was a dummy, fully dressed in human clothes just lying there. 
Terrified, she sprinted back to her car, slammed the door, and sped over the dummy. We received a cell phone call from her around Mountain Home, Idaho, about 45 minutes away from Boise. She was shaken and terribly scared, claiming she could hear footsteps chasing her to her car before she got in and drove off. We wrote it off as a freak accident as we were all asleep, and it sounded too bizarre to be anything to worry. As she pulled into the subdivision, she called us once again to help her unload the car and to probably console her given the bizarre experience. I opened the garage door and stood in the driveway with my wife, waiting for her to pull in. She came racing into the driveway and jumped out of the car, and this is where I fucking lost it. She opened the car door, and a finger fell out. She had not stopped, and drove straight to us after she came across the dummy. The person who had placed the dummy there had apparently chased her back to her car, and as she had slammed the car door and sped off, the person had reached out losing a finger in the slam door. We immediately called the police in the area she said she had stopped at. The cops did a survey of all hospitals in the area for a man with a missing finger, and they found him. He was still in the hospital, and he was arrested. The police did not give any details into the man's past or who he was. They just simply told us to not worry, and he'd been arrested. I'm sure it's his anticlimactic ending to a terrifying scenario, but... I will never forget the feeling that came over me when that finger fell out of the car door. I always drive with a firearm in my vehicle now, anytime that I travel. To preface, I was about 25 years old when this occurred. My boyfriend and I had been out visiting with friends, and we left their house late around 2 a.m. Now, I've never been much of a drinker, so I did the driving. On our way back, we decided to call in some omelets from the Waffle House, which is the only place where one can get takeout in the super early morning. So, we arrived at the Waffle House, and I went inside to pick up the food. As I was paying for the food, a young man to my left began pacing and mumbling angrily, muttering something I couldn't understand. I didn't think much of it, since most people at this time are either drunk or truck drivers. When I collected the food and turned to leave, I noticed a young woman outside the diner. She too was angrily pacing back and forth, grimacing and cursing. The young man followed me out into the parking lot. I sidestepped a woman to get in my car. The young man had gotten into another car, and the young woman sat in the passenger seat. Whatever, I thought. Tweakers. As I put my car into reverse, the car with the two tweakers screeched to a halt behind my car, pinning us in the parking spot. Within seconds, the man was knocking ferociously on my driver's side window and yelling at me. My boyfriend and I exchanged what-the-fuck glances, and I unrolled the car window about an inch. The conversation went something like this. You stole my girlfriend's wallet. You better give it fucking back right now. I have no idea what you're talking about. I have my own wallet and that's it. You fucking stole it from the counter. We're getting it back one fucking way or another. Dude, I didn't steal shit. Move your car, I'm gonna back into it. You give it to me right now, or give me yours, or you're fucking dead. I rolled up the window 
and backed my car up a few inches. He continued to scream at me through the window, then went back into his car with his girlfriend. They peeled backwards, and I exited the parking lot. At that point, my boyfriend and I were amused more than anything else, and we re-entered the highway. Just then, we heard the same car roar up behind us. The man was driving like an absolute maniac to dodge other cars, traffic lights, and stop signs until he got so close to us that their car nearly rammed our back bumper. I weaved in and out of the sparse traffic as safely as I could in an attempt to throw them off our route. Each time, he'd managed to pull right behind us again. He clicked his headlights on and off the bright setting, and he leaned on the horn. Inside our car, it was blinding and deafening. I sure as hell wasn't going home so this tweaked, unhinged couple would know where we lived. I swear it was almost like I could hear him screaming, even over the blaring car horn. My boyfriend and I didn't do too much talking, as I suppose we were both shocked and trying to figure out what to do. Fuck this, we're going to a police station. I doubled back, the car still bearing down on us. When I pulled into the police station... They followed. I locked my car doors, picked up my cell phone, and began to ring the station. Because I sure as shit wasn't going to get out of my car. The man practically ran out of his car and up to my window, again banging and yelling. I'd gone way beyond concerned and scared to absolutely pissed. We want our goddamn money! Leave me the fuck alone! I'll let the fucking cops search me for your girlfriend's fucking wallet! I'm on the phone with the cops right now. Uh, if you don't have it, huh? I guess you don't have it. He then sprinted back to his car with his sour-faced girlfriend and burnt rubber out of there. I stayed in a police station's parking lot for a while, talking to the cops on duty. When we finally left at about 3.30 a.m., I still made several loops through town before eventually heading home, arriving after 4 a.m., Legally, nothing came of the incident. I had no idea what the couple's names were, nor did I get a license plate number. We gave the cops descriptions of their physical appearances and vehicle, but they seemed far more interested in making sure I wasn't drunk. I'm fairly certain that the maniac couple was pulling a strong-arm con job, or else they were genuinely convinced that I mysteriously and magically stolen the girl's wallet even though they were pacing and muttering, even before I paid for my food. Anyway, fuck those assholes. My omelets were cold and rubbery by the time I got home. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. 
we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.